You're listening to Artitude, a podcast with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Lisch and today we dive into the deep and unknown exciting ocean of the creative mind with the legion of modern art and punk rock and this is Cliff Roman from <laughs> California hi Cliff <laughs> hello we just said uh, it was so great I mean it, it was so great to speak about it last week I did yeah, you, it's you, been you great me it's laugh. been great meeting you and talking to you this past week you know yeah and thanks yeah. for being patient and helping me get through this because that was kind of rough when when you know Yeah, yeah, we had we had a lot of problems with with we froze. <laughs> we froze a fake freeze. But yeah. um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm, like, I'm 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 luckily um I was able to borrow a laptop from my brother. Thank you, Joel. Um Thank you, Joe. And, yeah, uh, you you Yeah. We'll save so save the our day. life. It's work, working yeah. nicely. It's lovely. And and we can actually Because in the first episode we had as well a glitch in, in, in our communication. You couldn't really listen to me and, and vice versa. There was always a couple of seconds. And now we really we can we have we can have a conversation which is great, you know. So I'm really delighted. So thank you, Joel, again for that. That's that's great. We had last episode we, we spoke actually. Um, um, I mean Cliff is like I say, I, I mean, he's not the godfather of, of Californian punk rock, but he is he's a founder member somehow of, of, of it for sure, you know. So, um, and he used to be uh, the member of the Weirdos in, in the 70s, and, and there you can get them on Bandcamp, Bandcamp as well. You can find them, you know. So it's, it's straight punk rock. Uh, yeah, we had last week already a chat about his time at, at the. Um, Art college in in in, yeah. in California, a, a college with with thousand members and more, and 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 you could find a, a, any kind of 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 art direction, dance, film, television, sculpturing. I mean, that sounds really amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in the last episode, Cliff already uh, told about his 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 lovely idea to 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 be to be to. <laughs> To create a room and uh, um, somehow an exhibition uh, uh, happening, uh, but he doesn't know the name. I, I think maybe it was the Fogus, the Fog Room, or yeah, the, the gas fog chamber. Room. I don't. I, I really. I can't remember. I made even a nice poster for it too. So the poster was 
I found an image of the very first space suit ever invented. It was it was a ger- a German pilot wearing this weird spacesuit with a, it looked like an upside down bucket with a glass visor on it. Yeah. And uh, and we had a, a a blueprint printer, a printer for blueprints, and mm-hmm. um, I I ran the image through that and I put whatever I titled it. You know, I had my name, Dave's name, and um, um, the gallery whatever the gallery had a little name and we had the date and the time on there and it was kind of you know just to be mysterious but didn't say much other than you know um you know the date and the time in that all right (laughs) i put it up all over the school and um but um um uh, it was a a great period I, i met a lot of um interesting people you know the 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 people that went to that school, especially the art school, they were the kind of kids that, you know, we didn't fit in at high school. We weren't like jocks. We weren't into sports for the most part. Um, we were more interested in art and music. And more the weirdos. So, so, so for the listeners, yeah. there, there were mm-hmm. a time there were the jocks and, and, and they were more in sport and football and, and then there were the people mm-hmm. who were just interested in art and music. And that art and music, weirdos. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so um, uh, I made friends there, some, some a few people I still keep in touch with. And... Um, mm. And it was That's good. very, very inspiring time. You know, um, we um, we used to like, you know, they we never really had assignments. We just had to sort of be productive, you know. So um, creating. I was always I was always creating. Yeah, if I finally got my own little studio, yeah. and I'd sit in there and I'd work on drawings and collages. Yeah. At the time, I was working at a at a store framing pictures, so I was you know cutting mats and cutting glass, and yeah. I was cutting. I got real good at cutting glass, real thin, sharp pieces of glass, and I'd save right. them. And I got the idea to like, I um I sort of attached them to sheets of paper. Yeah. Uh, with with and and I I I'd, I'd use this adhesive called. Decoupage glue, and it was kind mm-hmm. of this thick glue that that dried clear, and yeah. then I would I would just do a lot of different things to the paper. You know, I, I used to like slice it with with a razor blade. Uh. I would write things and then like mm-hmm. scribble over it so you couldn't read what I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put you know the word warning with an exclamation point like across it. You know, and there's this pieces of glass glued to the paper i mean you could cut yourself if you you know weren't careful um sure i mean that's yeah and and then i remember i made um um uh uh, when i i I, when when they were selling uh paintbrushes at the store and the paintbrushes came in these plastic containers that were i noticed hey i could like melt wax and pour melted wax in these containers and get these cool looking spikes so i melted hot pink wax and i made these hot pink spikes yeah it was like a a piece i did and um um uh, another thing i did was um 
I'm, uh, etchings, you know. So uh, yeah. we, we got a um, an etching machine in the print lab. The print lab down okay. was incredible, and okay. um, we also did lithographs. Oh, so I made this. I made this litho from my my girlfriend uh, Gracie, who later became my wife. She was working yeah. for she was working for this company called Photomat. So Photomat was okay. this tiny little booth where the, the girls would sit there in a in a uniform. And people would drive up and drop off their rolls of film, and then they'd yeah. come back a few days later, and yeah. you know, and they'd pick up their photos. So she works at this photo mat somewhere in L.A., and mm. um, she said that you know, there's all these photos that no one ever came back to pick up. So she, one day she brings me these. Ba- I said I'd like to look at them. She brought me a bag full of photos and film. Uh, that uh, people just never picked up, you know? Uh, and so I, I made a, a lithograph using, so I looked through I've, these found photos, you know? Uh, um, uh, uh, and and we I learned a process to make a, um, a, a color lithograph. So, you know, we had the stone, we had a plate. I had to make, mm. actually I had to make uh, four plates, one in one for red ink, one for yellow ink, one for blue ink, and one for black ink. Uh, so you so you get full color. Yeah. And um, so um, I did a litho with using these photos, found photos, you know, uh, instamatic photos, which were usually you know little square photos with right, white uh, borders on them. Yeah. And um, the you know the color was always kind of saturated or not sure. not too good, yeah, but, you know. But, 70s and, like yeah it was sort of like a collage i used those photos and a few other images um that's great and, i mean uh, yeah that, that that was that was an an amazing process you know because right about then like lithography and for a while i was thinking man i'd love to you know work at you know when like there was a, a studio a lithography studio in la called yeah. gemini and my uh, my friend from CalArts got a job there, and he's working yeah. with uh, Jasper Johns and Robert Rauschenberg and Roy okay. Lichtenstein. Do that's yeah. where they would go to make their lithos. You know? <laughs> oh, Roy Lichtenstein, yes. Yeah, right. So um, for a while, I was like, man, I, I think I might enjoy doing that. But it was, you know, it's it's a lot of work and it's very technical, and yeah. um, you know, you had to learn how to. Pr- the the the, the um, metal plates would have to be kind of attached to the stone. And, um, absolutely and, exact accurate. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you, yeah. all right. Yeah, you have to have the uh, everything lined up. You know, on the millimeters. Uh, right. Especially if you're doing four colors, it had to be. You had it had to be very precise, and yeah. um, um, and and then then we had to sort of learn how to. Um, you take these metal plates and you brush on um, a, um, a photosensitive uh, liquid, the, you know, the stuff. And I then, yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, and then you're yeah. actually you had to make you had to whatever your image was, you had to make a film of that in reverse, and you had to use a filter for each color. So it was, it was really yeah. very technical. So yep. that, that was kind of, and, and it, it came out pretty good. You know, I made about a few copies of this one litho using yeah. the, 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 and I also, we also one day, um, we were, I had a, in my class, I told my class that I made a film. 
So yeah. the film, I didn't make a film, Dad. I just used, yeah. I found some films in this bag that my girlfriend brought me. Films okay. like, they were just like home movies that people and, made and, 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 and never you, picked and up. And you added them together. You so I, together. I, I, I don't remember if I edited them. I think I just said, oh, here's my movie. I just grabbed a couple. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're, we're, my class is sitting here. Oh, Cliff made a film, you know, and yeah, I'm going to show uh, this home movie, random home uh, movie. So yeah. that, that day... <laughs> Uh, we had a guest there, and the guest happened to be a curator from the, the curator from the L.A. County Museum of Art. This lady comes okay. she's sitting there, and yeah. she was fascinated by my movie. So I had to tell everyone. <laughs> well, I really didn't make it. Did you tell them but, that, that you? But didn't... once I told them that, they were they thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, and so you told him, so you couldn't lie. Yeah, I had you, to. You, you, you had to. Oh God, it yeah. was, was almost I meant a to champion. Too. It, was, it was almost like a a joke, kind of. Ah, God, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, so it's, I, it's I, that's, great. that's the kind of stuff I do. I mean, I, I, imagine, imagine this creator would would have been then eventually the one. She who really liked this, it. Who, 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 oh, imagine he, uh, she she would make the film. You know, she would would be the one who who. Who who brought it for for to the development center, you know, and would feed it? Yeah, it could happen she, too. She told me. She said that was really good because I forget what the film was. It was about some people like they're like on a boat in a lake, you know. So everyone's sitting there watching this home movie of some family. I mean, at, at least it, it at least it was not not a not a uh, naughty America one, you know. Oh uh, 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 no, it, it, uh, <laughs> it was far I mean, from that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, imagine, was, imagine, right? I did make a oh I did make a a, a video a film mm -hmm. oh, one of the things we could do we could like check out the Sony portable video machine right yeah. yeah so I I I checked it out I went over to Dave Trout's house and um, it was black and white and so I got an idea for a film um, and um, this was pretty risque too so i i took a hot dog or a, a sausage and i ran a string a real thin like string through it or a or a fishing line and i and i attached it to a a, a, a stick or a rod or a hanger or something uh -huh. and um we filmed um i took a, a frying pan put it on dave's stove Yeah. And we set the camera up so it was just looking at the the, the skillet on the stove with the yeah. with this hot dog in it. So yeah. we turn on the flame, and we start the camera. And I'm I'm just I'm out of camera view. You, I'm mm -hmm. holding the um, I can like you know move the hot dog around, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, attached yeah. to some some fishing line. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. like you know as as it starts to sizzle, I'm like getting it to like hop. Hop up. Yeah. At uh, the same uh, uh. time, I'm reading. Um, there was some sort of like uh, rated X newspaper that just was, you know, around all the newsstands at that time, right? Yeah. So I'm, at the same time, I'm reading like this letter about this this person who knocks on their neighbor's door to bo borrow some sugar, but then yeah. they. They they come in to get the sugar and then they end up having sex, you know. So it's a whole description of this, um, of you know, it was, it was like one of those you know, na dirty stories, you know. And so then now we that. are at naughty America. Yeah, and we're yeah. I'm reading that and I'm like you know, 
as as it gets more into the you know the details of uh, the uh, the act, I'm like yeah. you know making this hot dog like really jump around in the skillet. So I ended up showing that to the class, and they thought that. <laughs> I, I, I see you had fun. That's great. I actually I actually showed that also at a at an uh, an art exhibit at another art school. So. I run that film and and the people in there there was like no one said a word after I showed that they were, it was sort of like shocking. Honestly, but, well, yeah. What what was it? Well, because they liked it so much, or they, they no because they, it was so it was rated X, you know, <laughs> as they used to say, rated X. <laughs> what rated X? I mean, I mean, the, I, I was reading a, a description of a sex act while the hot dogs jumping around in the pan. Oh, yeah, but it's just okay, the description. So, so all these the, all these people uh, are sitting there watching to, to to see the film, you know, and it was sort yeah. of like presented, you know, Cliff Roman, the local artist, is going to show this <laughs> a film, and <laughs> so everyone's yeah. waiting, you know, there. But uh, they, I first I show them uh, that film but, I made. I, first, I show them the film I made where I'm, you know, lip syncing to Secret Agent Man, right? And everyone like applauded. They go, "Wow, that was great!" You know, and and then I show, and I said, "For my next film, you know, uh, here's my next film." And then and yeah. I, video was a video, and I show them the video of the uh, hot dog jumping around when, when the skillet. You can hear the sizzling, and it's like bouncing up, you know. And, and then there's this narration. Wow, I knocked on my neighbor's door for a cup of sugar. She let me in, and next thing I knew, our clothes were off, and, you know, we were having sex, and, you know. And so when that ended, everyone, it was very quiet. This I mean, what was about the 70s and the flower power and, 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 and free sex and all that in, in California? I mean... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, uh, that happened when I was in high school, but I was kind of young at that when all that was going on, you know. Honestly. I, I mean, I heard about it, but, you know. But, um, um, you know, because that was... Uh, so, I remember huh? we were on a vacation and we're one summer it's like 1967 the summer yeah. of love or maybe that was 66 i forget yeah and yeah. i'm with my parents and i'm like hey can we go to you know we we're in san francisco and i said go to let's find hate street you know mm. uh, the corner of hate and whatever you know there's two famous streets you know okay um and and i remember hate we were cruising street. down there and it was mm. the summer of love and there were hippies all over the place it became this big thing yeah And um, but I never got to go to a love in or any of the, whatever you know I don't know. But yeah, you know. So you, they, they, you, you were you, you were not a hippie. I, you when were, I was, a, you were I, a punk it, almost. No, uh, well, in high school, you know, I grew my hair long, yeah. and um, and all my friends had long hair, and everyone did, you know. And then, yeah. well, and then I had I. Oh, so one of my teachers at CalArts is this famous sculptor, Linda Benglis. She's like the hottest artist in the United yeah. States, right? Yeah. She shows up one day to class. She's got this haircut. Her hair is dyed orange. Yeah. <laughs> And she's got a haircut like David Bowie, exactly cool. like David Bowie, yeah. right? Mm, Who was, mm, at mm, the time, was mm. just starting to get really big, right? Mm. And... Yeah. 
In fact, right around right around when I was going to Cal Arts in nineteen seventy two, my my girlfriend Gracie for my birthday bought tickets to go see David Bowie. I'd never seen him before, just heard yeah. about him, and it's there's David Bowie at the Santa Monica Civic with the Spiders from Mars. Yeah. So that's the band from the Ziggy Stardust album. He's on his tour promoting the Ziggy Stardust album. Absolutely, so yes. It was, yeah. it was the greatest concert I ever saw. It was. Well, it was probably very, very, very inspiring. It was it? like, oh, yeah. And, um, um, you know, the the he was just, it was like seeing um, the Beatles or Elvis. It was incredible. And, yeah, um, sure. I mean, I mean, the next, the very next them. day, yeah. the very next day, David Bowie's yeah. like world famous because of this show. It, Honestly, it, yes, the, there what, was like international uh, press was at the show. He had, it, it, there, there was a uh, lot of interest in his in in this record and in the tour and in David Bowie, and um, so it was interesting. My teacher shows up, Linda Bengla shows up. She's got bright orange hair. I was like, "Where'd you get yeah. your haircut?" She goes, yeah. "She told me where she got her haircut." So I go yeah. to this salon in okay. um, in L.A. in West L.A. Okay. Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I find the guy. And uh, he, he, I didn't have my hair dyed orange, but he cut my hair really cool, short. Yeah. And it was sort yeah, of like yeah, slicked yeah. back. And yeah. so everyone else has long hair, and I'm like looking like, you know, kind of like Lou Reed, I guess. I didn't, I didn't say I wanted a Lou Reed haircut, but, you know, mm-hmm. when I look at photos of myself back then, I said, oh, kind of like a, when Lou, the way Lou Reed looked. And because yeah. I wore dark sunglasses, too. So, and I wore a leather jacket and yeah. blue jeans and, uh, you know, dark t-shirt, black t-shirt. And that was my mm-hmm. look. Yeah. 1972. <laughs> so, um, um, and then, um, uh, you know, we, the, so, so it's all we, the fall. One, one day, one day. So some of the, some of the people I went to school with lived in this huge house in the Valley. So yeah. one day they said, um, um, hey, let's play some music just for fun. So somehow mm-hmm. they, there was a drummer and we got some equipment and um, I borrowed a guitar and I'm standing mm-hmm. there, we're playing and I'm like banging out like Wild Thing and Gloria, whatever whatever three yeah. chord song I could manage. Because by yeah. then I'd already learned learned a few chords on guitar. And so we were in everyone's, the 20s, going, the early 20s. everyone's going, you should be in a band. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should be in a band. Yeah, that was sparking somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So early twenties. Yeah, it was about nineteen or twenty when this happened. It's quite late as well. No, I mean I started as well. When I, when, uh, when I saw David Bowie, it was like the day before my nineteenth birthday, I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's and and right around then, you know, so right around then was the sort of like the the glam and glitter period. And I also saw, um, um, I also saw uh, the um, the New York Dolls. I heard about this band called the New York Dolls. I heard a song on the radio called Trash, and they said that's yeah. the New York Dolls. Yeah. And my friend John Denny and I were really interested in this band. Um, John and I actually met in high school. And um, for some reason, uh, they came to and played the whiskey, and yeah. he couldn't go. So I bought a ticket, and I went to go see the New York Dolls at the Whiskey Go Go. It's their first show in L.A. ever. So yeah. um, I go in, I watch them. They're incredible. 
they they did, were doing two shows a night, so they're kicking everyone out. They're pushing everyone out of the whiskey so they can let people in. There's a line around the block for the next show, and I'm the last guy. I made sure I was the last guy to leave, and this man is standing at the door. I didn't know it at the time, but that was Elmer Valentine. He's the legendary owner of the Whiskey A Go Go, Elmer Valentine. Uh, so okay. I go, I said, hey, um, is it okay if I stay for the second show? Because I came in late. He, he looks yeah. at me. He goes, "You didn't come in late. I locked the door before the show started." So All he right. goes, "You know what? You can stay." He goes, "Just go up upstairs there and sit up by that door." So I go, yeah. "Okay, thanks." So I go yeah. upstairs. I'm like, "Wow, I'm the luckiest kid in the world. I get to see yeah. the New York yeah. Dolls yeah. the second time. Yeah. They kicked everyone wow. out." And yeah. um, I'm sitting there, and there's I'm sitting by this door in the balcony, and it's there's a stairway that goes up to the dressing rooms. Yeah. And there's a like a bouncer there. And I said, hey, can I get their autograph, the New York Dolls? He goes, sure. So he comes back. He goes, what's your yeah. name? I said, my name's Cliff. He comes back yeah. with a piece of paper. They all signed it. And they wrote, hey, Cliff, drop over sometime. Ha ha. And, you know, there's, you know, Johnny Thunders. <laughs> Everyone signed my, yeah. I had their autographs. So I was like, wow. And then I saw them play the second set. And, um, and then not long after that, um, this album came out um, somewhere around the same probably... time uh, called Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges. Raw Power. Yeah. Now, Raw Power, that's probably one of the, you know, besides the New York Dolls first album, which I bought, yeah. and then I yeah. had Raw Power. So I have these two albums. Yeah. And I think around the same time, I also had Transformer by Lou Reed. I was really into Lou Reed, and I also had... The Velvet Underground. I was starting to collect Velvet Underground records, right? And so, this, the that's what I was listening to a lot, you know. And then mm. there's David Bowie, and and, and T Rex, and so all that sort of. And then at the same time, also, Dad, I'm listening to old rock and roll, yeah, and um, and reggae, and um, it's so, quite eclectic, um, actually. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I, yeah, I me, kind me of too. somehow I got a, an album, a really good album by Eddie Cochran, you mm. know, who wrote "Summertime Blues" in the 1950s, and yeah. so I was. I would like go from. I'd be listening to, you know, the New York Dolls and Eddie Cochran and the New York Dolls. I could hear the connection, you know, between Eddie Cochran and, and the New York Dolls. Honestly, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'd listen to uh, Velvet Underground and. Uh, uh, then I'd hear the connection with, you know, Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Um, and um, that album, Raw Power, was like, for me, a landmark uh, record. That had, mm. that had all the wild elements of punk rock right there in that record. So it the was sound, very inspiring everything. for yeah. you as well. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. and so, so the did idea. the first New York Dolls album. And then the next thing that happened, yeah. uh, and I did go, oh, so... I did go see De uh, 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 Iggy and the Stooges did a four-night mm. stand at the Whiskey. So I just happened to be very lucky that we lived where we lived in North Hollywood because I could, yeah. you know, by then I'm driving and I could just go over the hill over Laurel Canyon, legendary Laurel Canyon, yeah. where all the where you know all the musicians used to live. Um, and John, John, my friend John Denny, who was the singer of the Weirdos, he used to tell me stories how. His parents rented a house in Laurel Canyon in the '60s, and they would—he would be waving as like 
the birds were driving by. He'd see like, you know, or Stephen Stills or David Crosby. And he'd like, yeah. he'd, he'd be with his brother playing outside and, and the rock stars would be driving by. <laughs> and I was like, always like fascinated by his stories yeah. about that. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, very, I just, very. we just happened to be right there, you know, and, and yeah. listening to the right stuff, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so Iggy and the Stooges, they're doing a four night stand at the whiskey and we go and um, there, it's just incredible. I went back a second night, and I was with my girlfriend Gracie, and um, Iggy gets on my shoulders, you know, because it's the whiskey's a very small club; it's very intimate. So you got the stage, yeah. and if you if you stand next to the stage, the top of the stage yeah. maybe comes up to your the middle of your chest, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm like right there in front, and Iggy's Iggy gets on my shoulders, right? And I turn around and I'm on the dance, it's a little tiny dance floor, and I'm like walking around with Iggy Pop on my shoulders, right? And then he gets off and he's laying on the floor, he's laying yeah. on his back, and I and yeah. I happen to have a red marker, uh, yeah. a chisel tip marker in my pocket, I don't know why, and I took yeah. it out and I, and I drew a big red X across his chest. So he gets back on stage and he's got my drawing on his, because he never wore a shirt. And then he's and then he's like sweating so much it just like this X just kind of like, like, like Jesus like blood, like blood. yeah. Oh God! So, and then he so. cut his and then he cut his finger. He was always cutting himself on broken glass, right? He cuts his finger, and my girlfriend Gracie she happened to have a band aid in her purse. So I see her like hand him a band aid, and he goes, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> he's standing there on stage putting the band aid on his finger. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> anyway, so so then I'm, I'm like, times. I know, uh, I know we had, uh, yeah, New York Dolls, Iggy Pomp and the Stooges. The next yeah. thing, we start hearing about a, the scene in New York, and we were reading. We're not hearing, but we're reading and seeing some photos about bands like um, Television, mm. um, people like Richard Hell, uh, bands like mm. the Ramones, Blondie, mm. and so we're like, wow, there's a scene. There's a scene, and we're reading descriptions of their music, and mm. um, so um, we're we we I, I I'm at the Tower Records one day, and I buy the new Ramones album. I go home; it's their first album. I put it yeah. on and play it, yeah. and it it was on my, um, you know, it was on my turntable like all the time. What was on it? Sheena is a punk rock, or was it the first? No, album? no. This had Blitzkrieg Bop and. Yeah. You know, um, uh, what was the other one? Um, I forget, but you know, you know, it had yeah. Blitzkrieg Bop on, it, you know, and um, uh, and so I was like, wow. And then you know, I was like, you know, I could kind of play that that style, mm, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, because if you if I sat down to try to learn a, a David Bowie song, it was very yeah. you know intricate and complex. Sure. And um, with all the different parts, and was and uh, but with the Ramones, you know, you go, oh, that's Three. a D chord. There now, there's an E chord. <laughs> you know, I get it all matched up. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, so then the Ramones are. I see they're playing a show. It's their yeah. first time in L.A. They're playing a show yeah. uh, at the Roxy Theater. They're opening for another band. I was really interested. in interested in called the flaming groovies okay and uh so we get tickets we go see the ramones all right and then i'm like mm -hmm. we, I, we got nothing to lose let's start a band 
And I, you know, so, I was writing songs by then too. Yeah, yeah. I must have written about four or five songs. I think five or six songs, maybe. And then I co-wrote a few songs. John got inspired, and he, we we collaborated and wrote a few songs. He he was always good with lyrics, uh, but I was writing lyrics too. And coming up, I would usually write, come up with a, a song title of a song, and um, then then you know figure out some lyrics. Yeah. That's how I worked. You know, I'd go, yeah, hey, yeah. let's do a song called, you know, destroy all music, and then I'd come up with the lyrics, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, or a life of crime. And then I'd come up with the lyrics, you know. And I always kind of referenced a group. When I wrote a song, I was, in my mind, I'm thinking like like Velvet Underground, or I'm thinking The Kinks, or I'm thinking The Who, you know, Power Chords. I like yeah. feedback. I like loud loudness, turning it up. And um, so, um, you know, um, one day I, I said to Dave Trout, I said, hey, I wrote some songs, let's start a band. He, and so he yeah. went and he bought yeah. a bass. He goes and buys a Rickenbacker bass that had yeah. the frets shaved off. So he basically has a fretless bass, mm -hmm. the wrong the wrong kind yeah. of bass, but yeah. that's what he played. Yeah. And and then I, had, I bought a guitar and an amp and I took it over to his living room and I taught him my songs. He gets inspired and he writes a few songs. And mm. then I call up John Denny, and I, I said, "Hey, come out to Dave's house, or come with me over to Dave's house, and mm. let's, um, you know, and sing these songs we're, you know, that Dave and I have been working on." Okay. And so he comes out, and we're working on our songs. <laughs> we're, we're, we were just having fun for the most part. Sure, you know? sure, sure. And sure. and we're going, man, that sounds cool. It feels good. It's it's like, you know. It's, sure. it's working. And then John yeah. suggests we get his brother, his brother Dix. So Dix is like 17, you know, and he's like, very quiet guy. And he's like, mm. well, is, does, is it like the Ramones? I call him up and he goes, <laughs> what are, you, are you doing stuff like the Ramones? I'm like, yeah, because well, I don't like the Ramones. He didn't even like the Ramones. You know, Dix could play like, Dix could play like Jimmy Page. Right? right, he could true. he could listen to a Led Zeppelin song and just play all the parts. Wow! So he was he and he's like so the seventeen year old really good guitar player. Okay, and so it we helps. talk him and just we're like John and I are like just come just come play with us just try it even though you don't like it you know yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, we yeah. need your we need your guitar yeah your support because I just all I could play at that point was. They, three with rhythm. C G G. Yeah. yeah, was was rhythm guitar. I could play yeah. any chord because I yeah. was doing bar chords. So I could do you know, I could do the bar bar chords based on the the open E, and I could so, do the so bar chords you, based on the on the open A. Yeah, have you and never then, been? Have you never been interested in in in? I mean, I was never enthusiastic in being becoming a a a, a solo guitar player. Mm -hmm. So so. I don't know why. So, so, what, what about you? Did you, did you, did you start then to to practice? Well, all my friends, well? my my friends who played guitar had been playing guitar for a long time, and they're yeah. all like really good. You know, they could play, you know, they could play a song by the, uh, you know, the, they they could play anything, a Rolling Stones song, right? You know, yeah. they could play a yeah. Beatles song, you know, yeah. and know all the parts. And I was I I couldn't do that. I just I was kind of interested in power chords. You know, and rhythm. Okay, and, and um, so what I liked about the Ramones, the songs were short, the yeah. lyrics were minimal, 
Yeah. The lyrics were funny. There was a lot of humor. And um, some of it was pretty outrageous. You know, um, now I want to sniff some glue. I mean, it's pretty outrageous, you know. And and then there were no (sighs) guitar solos. Right? I like that too. Yeah, oh, so right, I didn't have to worry right, about right, right, playing right, guitar solo, right, you know? Right. I did like, I did really like, and I already knew about Link Ray. I don't know, you know who Link Ray is? No. Okay, so I already knew about Link Ray. You, you, yeah. You're going to have to listen to a little Link Ray. Yeah. Um, and Link Ray inspired people like uh, Pete Townsend of The Who. He was ah, one okay. of the first, Link Ray was one of the first guitarists to get that you know, fuzz sound, the distortion, and play power chords. Okay. And he had a famous okay. song called Rumble, you know. Yeah. It was in that movie. One of his songs was in that movie Pulp Fiction, you know. Yeah, and, yeah um, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I remember that. So, um, so I already knew about Link Ray, and... Um, um, uh, I was all... And, and I already... I really liked... Um, uh, Dwayne Eddy, the, the, he did like this twangy guitar, you know. And I also really liked the guitar from, you know, um, I was I I go see a lot of movies back then. We would go, we would go see movies at the Fox Theater in Venice for a dollar, right? And yeah. sometimes, you know, we I, I I loved the spaghetti westerns and the soundtrack yeah. from the spaghetti yeah. westerns, you know, with mm-hmm. that twangy guitar. So those were kind of some of the elements that I would use, uh, you know, I would put together. So so I, I wanted our songs to be like, you know, short, fast, minimal lyrics. You know, we didn't need guitar solos. But Dick's, when Dick soloed, he would just go, yeah, 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 it would be like one note, you know. Okay. And, uh, Did you like um, that? Yeah. And so, so you know... Um, now all this is leading up to the weirdo, so I don't know if you want me to continue with this or if this is going to be a, uh, a second. You know, you, um, you know what part? we're going to do. So, so, so I would say at the end of this part, we're going to play a song from the weirdos. The, cool. The, 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 the neutral bomb. We got the neutral mm-hmm. bomb. All right. And uh, and then we, we we do that for the next episode already because because that's interesting. So so do you want to add anything to the neutral neutral bomb? Well, okay, so the Neutron Bomb, I wrote, I, I just came up with a song because I had read an article in a magazine um, about the United States now has, this is 1977, um, I re- read an article about how the United States had developed this new weapon called the Neutron Bomb. And the whole point of the Neutron Bomb was that if there's a, it was, it was still the Cold War, so... Um, NATO forces are facing uh, the Soviet Union, right? Sure. In Eastern Europe like, for many, yeah. many years. They called it the Cold War. Yeah. And both sides are developing weapons. And mm. one of the fears was that the, the, the Soviets would, um, you know, attack Europe. They would, you know, attack Europe from the east with tanks. And so the neutron bomb was, someone got the bright idea, why don't we create a weapon where we just kill the people, die, and and all the equipment is usable. So after the people are dead, we can go in and then we can use their equipment. Yeah. Uh, so the, so I'm reading this article, I'm like, wow, just what we need, another weapon, you know, because back <laughs> yeah, then, Cold sure. War, Good. you know, I grew yes. when I, growing up and going to school, 
We used uh, to do the uh, once a month. We do the drill in case uh, an atomic bomb was dropped nearby. Oh you know, God, yes. Where you yeah. like, you know, get down under the desk. I don't know how that would protect oh, us. Already but. traumatized. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, so I was. I, I thought, oh, that'd be kind of a cool title, um, something about the neutron bomb. And I came up with, we got the neutron bomb. And um, I, I wrote the lyrics, most of the lyrics. John helped, helped with a few lines. Mm. And I put the song together. And um, the song starts out with three chords just crashing. And then it, it kicks into um, um, a real rocking song. And um, All right. It just became one of our best-known songs. In, in fact, um, someone wrote a book about the L.A. punk rock scene. Okay. Uh, Brendan Mullen wrote All a right. book, and he yeah. titled it, We Got the Neutron Bomb. And it's just about All right. the so L.A. rock scene. So, and, and, and the song has been on many compilation records as well. Okay. So I would say, so, so dear listeners, uh, we listen to... Then to the We Got the Newton Bomb from the Weirdos. We Got the Newton Bomb. Better. 
Yes. Wow, what a piece of music. That was We Got the Neutron Bomb from the Weirdos. And um, I would say on that note, Cliff, um, we talk in the next episode. We continue the, the talk with, with the Weirdos. Um, I hope we, we, can, we can listen then a little bit to your guitar playing. Um, sure. If you listeners, if your dear listeners want to, I mean, actually, so we both, we are, or actually Cliff is now in the, in the Hall of Attitude. This is actually the the, uh, the equivalent to the Hall of Fame and the, to the Hall of Rock and Roll. So, and he will be on the max. So, dear listeners, if you want to, if you fancy a cup of coffee or tea or Irish coffee or whiskey or Coca-Cola, with mm. Cliff and myself, just go to www.artitude.com and um, you can find all my artwork there as well. The Hall of Artitude Collectors, Max, with Cliff and, and, and actually everyone else who, who used to be in the podcast. You can find um, the podcasts too. You can, you can find a lot of other stuff. Um, if you want to contact Cliff, you can contact him on Instagram. It's uh, at Cliff Roman. Or on Facebook at no on Facebook Cliff Roman just Cliff Roman, uh, you can get all the all the informations about his songs uh, on my on my page as well, um, where you can get the songs from Bandcamp, from the weirdos, <laughs> and if you want to contact me, go to or if you want to follow me on Instagram, go to at Tetchlish on Instagram or at Altitude on Instagram or at Isle of Westcock Artists on Instagram or just join our Facebook group Isle of Westcock Artists and you can stand over there networking with us because it's a very lively group I think that's it, I think I hope I haven't forgotten anything and uh, Cliff it was a great talk again I'm looking forward already to our next early confession next Sunday at 10 a.m. And I would say until this moment, bye, have a lovely day. Thank you, Deb. Bye-bye. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close. <laughs> okay. Are we off now?